Casey Cole White was no stranger to the local authorities in northern Alabama. He had been in trouble with the law so much that he was on a first-name basis with a lot of the local cops. But even his criminal activity couldn't be contained to the state of Alabama. You see, long before Casey White escaped from the Lauderdale County, Alabama jail, he had a spree of violent crimes in Tennessee. Casey White has been on the Giles County, Tennessee Sheriff's Office radar since 2015. That's when authorities say that he tried carjacking people at different rest stops throughout the county, shooting into cars, and even injuring one person while fleeing law enforcement from other crimes in Limestone County, Alabama. Now, Giles County Sheriff Kyle Helton has a list of Casey White's charges. They include attempted carjacking times two. And then there's also carjacking, theft of property over $1,000, and attempted first-degree murder. And again, all of these charges are for a crime spree that happened while White was running away from the cops in nearby Limestone County, Alabama, in December of 2015. He initially drove to a rest stop on Interstate 65 to carjack a trucker, thinking no one would suspect he was hiding in a massive 18-wheeler. It was these particular events that would lead Casey White straight to the Alabama Big House. But it was a jailhouse confession of committing murder that would get Casey back to the Lauderdale County Jail, where he would eventually escape with the aid of the jail's assistant director, Vicki White. And a nationwide manhunt would ensue, 11 days, four states, three getaway cars, and Vicki White committing suicide. This is the unbelievable story of love in the first degree. Recorded in Rocket City, USA. No bullshit. Just real talk. And now Deuce Conrad. Casey White has long been on the radar of local police in Alabama. The six foot nine inch tall man was intimidating and according to some, downright mean. But then there are those who attended grade school with Casey and say that he is a little slow but kind-hearted. He was a football player at West Limestone High School in Athens, Alabama, according to former classmates, and grew up in nearby rural Leicester, Alabama. Neighbors who knew him said that he was quiet and often polite, but he had no moral checkpoint. And according to his mother, he was diagnosed at the age of 18 as bipolar and schizophrenic. But nonetheless, something changed, and Casey became a cold-blooded killer. Court records show that he had dozens of arrests in the mid-2000s when he was in his early 20s, though most were for nonviolent crimes and traffic citations such as reckless driving and public intoxication. But in 2006, he became more violent as he was arrested on domestic violence and harassment charges involving his mother. By 2008, Casey was dating Christy Shelton McKee. They had been dating for about a year. Now, Christy was a beautiful young lady from Athens, Alabama. But the 31-year-old mother would end up dead. On February the 1st, 2008, Christy Lynn Shelton McKee was found shot in the chest with a sawed-off shotgun. She was discovered in a trailer owned by White's mother. The official cause of death, 
suicide. But Casey White was ruled out as a suspect until now. Casey White was with my mom the night she committed suicide, said Summer Mitchell, the daughter of Casey Shelton. Nothing was really done. I don't think they took him in for questioning. Law enforcement said at the time that White had been at the Lexington home where Shelton died, but he was ruled out as a suspect in the case. And despite the coroner's ruling that Shelton took her own life, her daughter believes that she was a fighter. And we've never given up on life that easy. No one's ever really stood up for my mom, she said. She's hoping that White will provide authorities with more details about what happened that night when Christy Shelton McKee died and give her family the peace that they've sought for more than a decade. In our hearts, we believe she didn't do that to herself, said Christy's brother Tyler Rollin. We need closure on that because we've never gotten it. Rollin was 17 at the time and close to his sister, staying with her and Casey White most weekends. She was so happy, and she told me she was the happiest she'd ever been when they were together, Rollin said. I, I did like him, he said. He, he said he would drink with me, and I thought he was cool. It was like a little brother, big brother situation, Rollin said, but McKee, according to her brother, struggled with drug use. And because of that, she made some bad choices in the men she dated. Nonetheless, she adored her three young daughters who ranged in age at the time from toddler to young teen. But they were taken from her while she was dating Casey White. Rollins said that during an Alabama Department of Human Resources visit, social workers saw Casey White's guns in the home including the very sawed-off shotgun officials would later say that she used to shoot herself. And the three girls were taken from McKee's custody, and it absolutely devastated her. After that, she was just crumbling, he said. I, I do recall her saying that she wanted to kill herself, but I just knew she would never do that. Rollin and McKee had a conversation about what needed to be done for McKee to retain custody of the girls. That's all she wanted more than anything, he said. She was heartbroken. My sister was rough around the edges and she picked the wrong guys, he said, but she was a wonderful person and her heart was huge. She was never involved in anything malicious. She cared about her kids a lot and she took care of them, he said. In fact, she knew that she had to dump Casey, he said. She had to leave him if she ever wanted to get her kids back. But on that 2008 February night, Christy Shelton McKee died in Casey White's trailer, which was near the Tennessee state line, from a shotgun blast in the chest. Rollins said that his theory is that she told him that night that she wanted to break up and that Casey White just could not handle it. Investigators at the time said there was no blood found on Casey White or his clothing and reported to the family that he appeared distraught over Shelton McKee's death. 
He could have easily showered that off or changed clothes, Rollins said. I think he might have fooled them that night. Now, the police said he was crying and very hysterical, and I don't doubt that one bit because I know he can turn it on, he said. He also said that he's a, mana he's a master manipulator. And Rollins said the case was quickly closed as a suicide, but the family never felt that is what happened. It was just all too much. A woman killing herself with a shot, sawed-off shotgun, Rollins said. I never thought it rang true from the very beginning. In fact, she didn't even know how to use a gun, honestly. The case has since been reopened, and authorities in Limestone County are now looking at the possibility that Casey White may have indeed actually murdered her. If you're like me and you're wanting to lose weight or control diabetes, a low-carb diet or a ketogenic diet may be what you need. And that can seem overwhelming at first, but WholesomeYum.com uh, has organized groups of over 230 low-carb foods, including veggies, proteins, dairy, seasonings, condiments, fruit, and more, so that you know exactly what you can and cannot eat on keto. Go to deuceconradshow.com click on promotions and there's a link for you to get all sorts of free ebooks recipes and, and basically any information uh, that you could ever want uh, about the keto diet or you can simply click the link in the bio for more information In 2010, Casey White would be the center of another violent crime. Court records show that he pled guilty to a domestic assault for attacking his very own brother with an axe handle, and he received a sentence of six years in state prison. But as luck would have it, Casey White would only serve three years of the six-year sentence. But in 2015, he would carry out a crime spree, including a home invasion, carjacking, and a police chase. And in March 2016, he would be indicted on 15 counts and ultimately convicted on seven of those counts, including attempted murder and robbery. Charles Abernathy was nearly murdered by Casey Cole White, and he described the escaped convict as hunter-like and warned he knows how to hide as he compared the accused killer to Charles Manson and Ted Bundy. He will literally do anything and everything, including killing, including kidnapping, including killing animals and putting children in danger to get what he wants, Abernathy said in a recent interview. And of all the people to escape, this dude is probably the worst level that you could possibly let escape. You've got like Manson and you've got freaking like Bundy and all these crazy people. He is on that level for me. Charles Abernathy testified against White during his 2019 trial on attempted murder and kidnapping charges stemming from that very 2015 crime spree that we spoke of earlier. Casey White is good enough not to be called, Abernathy said. He stalked our house for days before he came in. He's very hunter-like. Abernathy was watching a horror movie with his boyfriend at their home in Athens on the evening of December the 2nd, 2015, when Casey, toting a gun in each hand, 
suddenly burst through the door with a plan to kill his ex-girlfriend who had been living at the home. As the woman's children slept in the basement, Casey chased after her and held her, Abernathy, and his boyfriend at gunpoint. Get down, get down, get down, Casey demanded as he pointed his firearms in their direction, Abernathy recalled. With his face down on his bed, Abernathy began to pray for his life. I just knew it was over, he said. But suddenly, out of nowhere, Abernathy's dog, Missy Bridges, a bloodhound and German Shepherd mix burst into the room and bit Casey White, startling him enough that the trio was able to escape. Casey's ex bolted out the back door and Abernathy and his boyfriend fled through a bathroom window. Missy Britches, she ran. She heard what was going on and she is the true heroine of the story. Why, she saved our lives, Abernathy said. If it wouldn't have been for her, I'm 99.999% sure we would have died that night. Actually, no, I'm 100% sure we would probably die that night. The trio were able to escape to safety at a neighbor's house, but tragically, Missy Bridges was shot multiple times by Casey White and would bleed to death before help could arrive. She was super loyal. She would never bite a soul, Abernathy recalled as he began to cry. We buried her actually on the land as well because we felt like she was, you know, a protector there. And she still is, I think. Abernathy had never met Casey Cole White before that night, but said he learned enough about the madman from his ex, who is now in hiding. He warned that the born and bred country boy is known to wear camouflage and will be tough for law enforcement to track down. He stated that he wanted to kill her and have the police kill him, according to a police report. His only regret was that neither was successful. He went on to state that if he was released, he would kill the victim. A little over an hour later, police got a second 911 call from a man in the 19,000 block of Looney Road saying that Casey White had gone to his house demanding money. When the victim told him he didn't have any, White took his keys and stole his Ford Explorer. Now, Casey White would resurface about 30 minutes later at the Tennessee Welcome Center along Interstate 65 in Giles County, Tennessee. It's there that Casey White tried to carjack a semi-truck, but the driver made an erratic move. That's when White opened fire, but thankfully nobody was hit that time. Casey jumped up onto his 18-wheeler, holding a gun in each hand, stating that you're going to drive me, the Giles County Sheriff's Office reports. The truck driver instinctively retreated into his vehicle's sleeper compartment. And it was at that point that the truck driver heard multiple gunshots. Giles County Detective Shane Hunter interviewed White and said that he is a predator and has no regard for life. He is a con artist, very well versed at manipulating women. I saw the big truck, jumped up, knocked on the trucker's door. I was going to get him just to drive me, White told police. His thought process, people wouldn't suspect that he was riding in an 18-wheeler said Detective Hunter. But when White was unsuccessful in stealing the truck, he saw a woman in a running car. 
And that is when Casey Wide tried to carjack a Kentucky woman in her Toyota, firing indiscriminately into her car. In fact, investigative photos show bullet holes in the metal and the glass shattered, the inside of the car covered with blood. But detectives say boxes piled in the back seat may have saved the woman from being shot in the head. Instead, she was shot in the arm and survived. But Casey White told police that he tried to get in and she locked the door. And he tried to smash it and the gun started going off. After failing to steal the woman's car, Casey White fled. And as deputies were responding to the shooting, they received word that a man had been robbed at gunpoint of his white Lincoln MKZ at the Pilot Travel Center at exit 22. Now, that's some 20 miles north of the Welcome Center. But it wouldn't be long before Alabama deputies would be the next to spot Casey White in the stolen Lincoln as he re-entered Limestone County, and they tried to initiate a traffic stop. But Casey White would flee south on U.S. 31, reaching speeds of over 100 miles per hour. Alabama lawmen chased Casey White, eventually capturing him. But it wasn't before a blistering gun battle that broke glass and put holes in metal. A standoff ensued after White got the car stuck in a field near Huntsville Browns Ferry Road, but Limestone County Sheriff Mike Blakely was eventually able to talk him into surrendering. But this came only after Casey White refused to surrender until he spoke, until he spoke to Sheriff Blakely. Detective Hunter said that he has no remorse for life whatsoever. Anyone he encounters, he is a danger to society. I think if he is trapped, pinned, he will use whatever means he can to escape. When asked if he showed any remorse about shooting people, Hunter said, no, absolutely not. His main focus was to get away from law enforcement. In my opinion, unfortunately, when he is through with the people who come into his life, he will dispose of them and move on to the next victim. He is just a predator, Detective Hunter said. Casey White was charged with attempted murder, two counts of kidnapping, first-degree robbery, first-degree burglary, third-degree burglary, breaking and entering a vehicle, animal cruelty for shooting the dog, and attempting to elude. And he was eventually convicted on several counts, including attempted murder, kidnapping, and animal cruelty, and he was ultimately sentenced to 75 years in prison. As for the Tennessee charges, he is yet to be tried. Are you looking for unbiased news in a world of biased media? Look no further. 1440 provides an impartial view of what's happening in the world so our readers can form their own conclusions. 1440 scours hundreds of sources each and every day to bring you a single morning briefing thoughtfully curated by experts. Straight to your email with no haggling or unnecessary spam. Get even more benefits by signing up to the Deuce Conrad Show affiliate link. 
visit www.deuceconradshow.com and select promotions to sign up today. According to attorney Dale Bryant, Casey White suffers from mental illness and poses a threat to anyone when he's outside of a structured environment of jail. Brian, who represented White in his appeals cases, told Huntsville's News 19 that when Casey White is on his antipsychotic medication, he's all right, although he couldn't share the exact diagnosis. Bryant was White's attorney on several convictions in 2019 stemming from the crime spree in 2015 after which he was sent to Donaldson Correctional Facility in Bessemer. Bryant said he never knew what White was capable of when he was medicated. In fact, he said in his interactions with him at the Donaldson prison, they also had him on antipsychotic medication. But Bryant said that he had earned the trust of the Limestone County Jail when he was there between 2015 to 2019. He earned enough trust, in fact, to be awarded a trustee position where he had a little bit more freedom in the jail. Bryant went on to say that Casey White's criminal behavior was based on impulsive instincts as he is unable to calculate detailed plans. Still, he said White was a decent person when on medication in a supervised environment and said that he could even be friendly at times. But disturbingly, he also said that he's one of the few clients that he's ever had that never held back and tried to lie to him about something. He just laid it out on the table. But while imprisoned in June of 2020, he wrote to Lauderdale County requesting a meeting with the sheriff's office. And he confessed to killing Connie Ridgeway, providing a detailed description of the crime scene. Ridgeway, age 59, was found dead in her home at the Meadowland Apartments on Prince Drive in Rogersville, Alabama, located across the street from the Lauderdale County High School's football field. Now, Rogersville police were called to Ridgeway's apartment around 6 p.m. that Friday by a neighbor requesting a welfare check. She was found slain in her living room. During an interview at the prison, White confessed to the crime and his statements matched certain evidence at the scene that had not yet been released publicly. The arrest came after the case was presented to a grand jury. White indicated that he was paid to kill Ridgeway. At a 2020 news conference, prosecutors said that they didn't know why White had decided to come forward and talk with investigators. But Ridgway's son, Austin Williams, said that his mother was just a super sweet, typical Christian Southern lady. He described his mom as a woman who drove her neighbors around. She was always smiling, always happy, a person who was in that community where everybody there just loved her. Former Rogersville police officer Mark White, who created the Justice for Connie Ridgway Facebook page with Williams' help, recalled an event in 2011 where he responded to a fire at Ridgeway's apartment complex to find Ridgeway trying to get through her neighbor's door. Who was at the door, he said? Connie Ridgeway. 
there she was at the door trying to help her neighbor. She was trying to help out her neighbor in any way she could. And Officer White said that really does sum up Connie as a person. You know, given his mental instability, could Casey White have made a false confession? Well, according to prosecutors, their case against him is not based solely on his statement. In fact, they say they couldn't disclose anything further except to say that in 2020, Casey Cole White had given a reason for his confession. They went on to say that they've never even questioned his confession's legitimacy because it's not based on what they know about the case. It's all about what Casey White knew. Do you have a beard? It's a legitimate question. You know, a beard says a lot about a man. A beard can define a man just by looking at him. Screw what they say. You can judge a book by its cover, and a beard is one hell of a cover. But let me ask you this. How do you take care of your beard? Are you putting chemicals into your face that will basically eat the hide off of a zombie? Stop that shit. Be a badass and start using badass beard care. Look, it's all natural. It's made by badass vets. And it will make your beard so incredibly soft, so incredibly manly. And you can get a free trial set today by going to deuceconrad.com and selecting on promotions. In 2020, Casey White was returned to the Lauderdale County Jail to face a judge for his confessed murder of Connie Ridgway. Now, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity and was brought to the Lauderdale County's detention center to attend court hearings in the case. There, he came into contact with Vicki White, who was working as the assistant director of corrections for Lauderdale County. According to Sheriff Rick Singleton, while White was being held in Lauderdale County's detention center, authorities learned that he planned to escape the jail and take a hostage. We shook him down, and we did find a shank in his possession. Now, shank is a prison-made knife, and we retrieved that. And because of that, we immediately had him shipped back to the Department of Corrections, said the sheriff. Now, Vicki White was a, an established figure in the law enforcement and criminal justice community. Small-town girl. She was a graduate of Rogers High School, and she was considered to be one of the best in her field. She had joined the sheriff's office a decade and a half earlier, was voted several times as Correctional Officer of the Year, and Vicki moved quite quickly up through the ranks to Assistant Director. Her role? Coordinating the transportation of inmates. In 2002, she and Thomas Edward Tommy White got married. She was six years younger than him. They raised cattle on a farm, and she later left him when his drug problems seemed to exasperate. In 2006, she and Tommy divorced. Now, despite divorcing Tommy, she remained friendly with him and his mother, Frances Dolores White, and even after splitting, the couple remained friends. 
In January 2022, he died from complications related to Parkinson's disease. Frances, now 88, said that she had known Vicky most of her life, and she'd even told Frances about eventually retiring to Florida. But despite her seemingly unblemished past, Vicki White fell in love with Casey White, an inmate under her supervision. And despite the last name, there is no relation between the two. After the 2020 escape attempt, he was sent back to prison. And according to Connie Moore, Casey's mom, when he returned to state prison, Vicki White started writing to him. It just started out as pen pals, and as time went on, he talked about how much he loved her and what a good person she was. With the situation he was in, I was glad, she said, because everybody needs a pen pal and someone to talk to. I thought it was good. Now, Moore said she knew about the relationship but did not know Vicki White's real name or that she was a jailer. He always called her his baby or his wife, she said. I didn't really say anything because I thought, well, maybe they've just got one of those things going between them, and I wasn't going to try to discourage him because, to be quite honest, I never dreamed of anything becoming of it, she said. Moore said she met Vicki White one time, and she just wanted to visit Casey's grandbaby, she said, but it also seemed odd. You see, Casey White has two children, a son and a daughter, and a two-year-old grandchild. And Casey had called his mom and said that she was coming by, and it just happened that fast, and she was at the door, Moore said. She seemed real nice, and I, and it wasn't nothing out of the ordinary. She didn't even stay very long. I didn't know who she was. Over the past couple of years, Vicki White sent Christmas gifts and birthday gifts to Casey White's grandchild and his 12-year-old son. You know, he had talked about Vicki White getting him out of jail, she said, but legally. He talked about she was going to get a lawyer and do all this and get him out of all that trouble, and they were going to be together, she said. And I said, well, Casey, why in the world would she spend that kind of money and it still might not work? I don't think that's a good idea unless she's got more money than she knows what to do with. But Connie Moore said that she didn't realize the extent of the couple's involvement until Vicki White broke Casey White out of jail. I bet you have been to Walmart at some time in your life and probably shopped there. I bet you even probably get groceries there from time to time. Did you know that Walmart has grocery pickup? And in fact, I can save you $15 on your first order of $50 or more. For more information, go to www.deuceconradshow.com and select promotions. There will be a link there where you can sign up as a new customer. And again, you'll save $15 on that first order of $50 or more. Casey White was brought back to the Lauderdale Detention Center on February 25, 2022 for further court hearings in the murder case. Now, unbeknownst to Sheriff Rick Singleton, he and Vicki White, a 56-year-old widow with no children, had formed a special relationship to include extra food and special privileges. 
The relationship had rapidly developed over the past two years, and after years as an exemplary employee of the detention facility, Vicki White announced plans to retire on April 29th. And although the retirement fund paperwork had not yet been processed, she was determined to retire. She sold her home on April 18th for $95,000. That total was well below the expected market value of $235,000. And after selling her home, she moved in with her mother, Pat Davis. I told her she could stay as long as she wanted to because she was my daughter, explained Davis. And she went on to say that during their time living together that Davis and Vicky kept up with her routine of waking up early, heading to work at the jail and coming back home for dinner. I just didn't notice anything about her, you know, said Davis. Vicky didn't talk much about work, never mentioning retirement to her mother and never bringing up inmate Casey Cole White. She didn't say nothing about it to us, said Davis. In fact, Davis said Vicky never intended on starting a career in law enforcement, but when the opportunity came up 16 years ago, she accepted. Somebody called her one day and said, hey, there's an opening at the jail, and she just took it, and she's been there ever since. I, I guess it was just a job, said Davis. But in mid-April of 2022, Vicki White purchased a 2007 Ford Edge from a used car dealership in Florence, Alabama, and she used a face, fake identity. You see, the plot to break Casey White out of jail was now in motion. Sheriff Singleton said it was his understanding that Vicki White took out money from a number of banks in the weeks before the escape. She went shopping for men's clothing at a local department store and shopped in an adult bookstore. She had also purchased an AR-15 rifle and a shotgun to add to her 9mm service weapon and a 45 caliber pistol that she already had. On the night of April 28th, Vicki Wyatt checked into the Quality Inn Hotel in Florence, Alabama. She had positioned the orange Ford Edge at a parking lot about 10 minutes from the detention center. And after nearly 17 years with the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office, Assistant Director White reported to the Lauderdale County Detention Center to work her last shift before retirement. Sheriff Rick Singleton said she had been talking about retirement and going to the beach for three or four months. In fact, he said that he had spoke to her the day before about transporting an inmate with a broken ankle to get medical care. And he noted nothing seemed unusual. Friday, April 29th, would be a routine day at the jail. At 8.47 a.m., Transport Van 5 leaves the Lauderdale County Detention Center with seven inmates, escorted by two deputies. At 8.56 a.m., Transport Van 2 leaves the detention center with five inmates, escorted by two deputies. And then some 25 minutes later, Assistant Director Vicki White instructs corrections deputies to prepare inmate Casey White for transport to the courthouse. Deputies remove White from his cell and they take him to booking and handcuffing and shackle his legs. Twenty minutes later, Vicki White leaves the detention center with Casey White en route to the courthouse for a mental health evaluation. Prior to leaving, she tells booking officers that she is the only deputy available who is firearm certified 
and that she will drop him off to the other deputies at the courthouse. Vicki White then tells them that she plans on going to Med Plus as soon as she drops him off because she's not feeling very well. At 11.34 a.m., a Florence Police Department officer spots Vicky's patrol car parked among other cars left on a lot that are for sale. But the officer is unaware of the situation involving Vicki White and Casey White. At 3.30 p.m., booking officers report to the administration that they have been trying to contact Vicki White, check on her. But they claim her phone is going directly to voicemail. The officer also advises that Casey White was not returned to the detention center with the other inmates. The administration immediately contacts the sheriff's office, and officers begin a search of the courthouse to determine if Casey White is still there. Over the next several minutes, it is determined he is not there and that there is no court appearance or evaluation which had been scheduled. Security footage is reviewed, and it is soon discovered that Vicki White never arrived at the courthouse with Casey White. Vicki Sue White has done the unexpected. She has broke a capital murder suspect out of jail. The sheriff's office immediately issues a national all-points bulletin with information regarding both subjects. What if I told you that you could own slices of the company's funds and crypto assets that you believe in, starting with as little as $1? You see, fractional investing makes it easy to start small and add as you gain confidence. Now, Public offers thousands of stocks and ETFs that you can own no matter where you start from. Go to www.deuceconradshow.com and select the promotions link. From there, you can sign up directly with Public and get a free stock. A citizen hears that authorities are looking for the patrol vehicle that Vicki White and Casey White left the jail in on Friday morning. The citizen says that she saw the vehicle on her lunch break in a shopping center on Cox Creek Parkway. Vicki's patrol vehicle keys, handcuffs, and police radio were found in the abandoned police cruiser. Deputies retrieve the vehicle and search it, but no evidence is found. At 5.30 p.m., United States Marshals, FBI, ETF, Secret Service, and the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency are contacted to help in the investigation, putting about 20 investigators on the case. Surveillance footage from the detention center, courthouse, shopping center, and other locations is searched for leads. At the time, Sheriff Singleton is holding on to hope that Vicki Sue White is not involved. Pat Davis is in complete shock, saying everyone who knows her daughter says this doesn't make sense. She was scared for her daughter's safety and said that even if she did help inmate wife escape, she should turn herself in before she gets hurt. As a mother, I don't know how to act because I thought at first it was a mistake and then when I found out for sure it was, it was just disbelief, says Pat Davis. The last phone call she had with her daughter was a routine call about her dog. I talked to her that morning. She called asking me about the dog because he had been sick. 
Davis said it was a normal call. And she said that afternoon she'd even text Vicky to let her know that she would be cooking supper. But Vicky never responded. And she never returned home for supper. Davis said it's something that happens on TV. This happens to other people. But it don't happen to you until it's happened to us. But this is just not Vicky. It's not only Vicky's mom who's worried. Her younger nephew has been anxiously waiting for his aunt to return home. He called me again and said, Nana, I just can't believe this. This is not my Aunt Vicky, said Davis. The following day, during briefing with investigators, Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton said there's no new information on the search for Corrections Director Vicki White and jailed murder suspect Casey White. Singleton said that the FBI, U.S. Marshal Service, and Aaliyah are assisting and have made all of their resources available. Sheriff Singleton said the two are not related, even though they share the same last name. She was escorting this inmate, Casey White, to an alleged mental health evaluation at the courthouse. We have confirmed that there was no mental health evaluation scheduled, says Sheriff Singleton. When the two individuals left the Lauderdale County Detention Center Friday morning, they had already broken protocol. The sheriff says that she was alone, which was a strict violation of policy. He said their policy is that any inmate under those charges is to have two sworn deputies escort them. But he does say, however, Director White is in charge of coordinating transportation to and from the jail, so no one thought twice of the situation. And if they did, they didn't say anything. I'm sure her subordinates didn't question her when she told them that she was bringing him to court for a mental evaluation, says Singleton. But that patrol car never went to the courthouse. When asked, did she assist him in escaping? The sheriff responds, it's obviously a possibility. However, it's not the lead theory at this time. We are assuming at this point that she was taken against her will. Unless we can absolutely prove otherwise, he says. But before the weekend was over, the sheriff knew beyond a doubt that she was in fact involved. The sheriff's office said inmates at the Lauderdale County Detention Center told them about the relationship. This is not the Vicki White we know, said Sheriff Singleton. But there was still no sign of Vicki or Casey. Did they try to leave the country or were they still in the area? No one knew. The sheriff would later confirm that Vicki White, the assistant director for corrections at the Lauderdale County Detention Center, is no longer an employee of the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office. The sheriff said simply, paperwork has been filed. You see, Vicki White had submitted retirement papers on the Thursday prior to the escape, saying that Friday would be her last day. The sheriff said those papers were not finalized and that she would lose her pension as a result. Sheriff Singleton went on to also to say that a warrant had now been issued for the arrest of Vicki White. The charge is for facilitating the escape of accused murderer Casey Cole White. You know, members of the Lauderdale County community remain in shock as 
the new details emerge about what investigators say was a well-organized and thought-out escape involving the county corrections director and an inmate accused of capital murder. That also includes a former inmate who spent a month at the Lauderdale County Detention Center. Monica Crunk says she formed a special bond with Vicki White while in jail. She said when they took us to court, when Miss Vicky would come in and check on the females, she was very nice. A very good woman, said Crunk. As far as I knew, she was very sweet and kind. Acorns is the leading micro-investing app in the United States. It's easy to use. Mobile-first technology makes it simple for anyone to set aside and invest life spare money. Acorns allows customers to automatically invest in a low-cost, diversified portfolio of exchange-traded funds offered by some of the world's top asset managers, including Vanguard and BlackRock. Customers grow their wealth in one of five portfolios constructed with help from world-renowned Nobel Laureate economist Dr. Harry Markowitz. Acorn's smart portfolio algorithms automatically work in the background of life, helping users build wealth naturally, pennies at a time. From Acorns, mighty oaks do grow. Hey, I'm using Acorns, and I love how easy it is to save and invest for my future. Join me, and you'll get a free $5 investment. Go to www.deuceconradshow.com and select the promotions link. And from there, you can sign up directly with Acorns. The following Tuesday, a local police station accidentally leaked a U.S. Marshal Service alert identifying the vehicle and aliases that Vicki White was using while on the run. While speaking with Huntsville's Way 31 TV News, Sheriff Singleton said that the accidental leak brought the investigation probably back to square one. Now, at the time, several local news outlets previously published the aliases that were listed in the alert. But later that day, the U.S. Marshals would issue an updated alert to the public and identify the 2007 Ford Edge that the two were believed to be driving. They went on to state that Internet sleuths had already discovered the Florence car dealer who had sold the vehicle to Vicki White. Some Facebook users have leveled accusations of wrongdoing against the owners of the dealership. U.S. Marshals would like to assure everyone that the owners have been very helpful in the investigation and that no one at the dealership is suspected of helping the pair avoid law enforcement. More disturbing was that they confirmed that investigators have learned that during pre-sentence reporting in 2015, Casey White made threats against his ex-girlfriend and her sister, warning that if he ever got out, he would kill them, and that he wanted police to kill him. So the marshals and local law enforcement authorities immediately made contact with his potential targets to advise them of the threats and the, and the escape and have a taken appropriate protective actions so that they are protected. But the accidental release of the vehicle description was in fact likely a good thing for investigators. You see that very vehicle was identified about 11 p.m. on Thursday at a towing yard in Bethesda, a small town in Williamson County, Tennessee, 
It had been sitting there since the day of the escape, but had yet been linked to the case until that night. You see, Williamson County Sheriff's officials said that the vehicle was reported abandoned on Friday, April 29th, the day that Vicki White and Casey White made their getaway. Sheriff's officials in Tennessee also said that there were no tags on the vehicle as it, and it was locked. Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton said investigators learned that the wanted vehicle, which was recently purchased by Vicki White, was reported abandoned on a rural county road just before 2 p.m. that Friday, and it was towed at 2.37 p.m. You see, the two had fled the jail around 9.30, April 29th, and were not reported missing until that afternoon. You see, they found the car before we even knew they were gone, Singleton said at a press conference held on Friday, May 6th. Singleton said that there was nothing found in the vehicle, that there had been an attempt to spray paint the Ford Edge. He said it was a botched up job. It had been one week since Casey White and Vicki White had made their well-planned low-key escape that quickly catapulted into one of the most talked about news events of the week. Singleton said he assumed the pair had mechanical problems with the edge which caused them to abandon where they did. It was abandoned in the middle of a, of a, of a nowhere on a county road where it, where it would be found, he said. Somebody would obviously see it sitting on the side of the road and call it in, which is what happened. He said the area near where the car was found is being canvassed and investigators are trying to determine whether any cars have been stolen in the vicinity around the time the Ford Edge was ditched. We're sort of back to square one on the vehicle description, he said. I'm hoping we'll get a break on that. He went on to say that he's not sure if they walked away from the abandoned vehicle or if they hitched a ride. I think they threw them a curve, but they've obviously thought. They've obviously had enough time to recover and have settled back down in a routine, he said. Asked if he was concerned for Vicky, Vicky White's safety, Sheriff Singleton said, I'll be concerned for her safety until we know she's safe, he said. He described Casey White as volatile and said Vicky White could be in danger if something sets him off and he sees Vicky White as a hindrance to his plans. I would say to Vicky, you know, you're, you know we're going to find you, and hopefully we'll find you safe. If you're safe right now, get out while you can, the sheriff said. Asked if he thought Vicki White was, uh, with her extensive law enforcement background, was a step ahead of the investigation. Sheriff Singleton said, her knowledge of corrections and the procedures we use in the sheriff's office most definitely play to her advantage. I think this was a very well thought out plan, a very calculated plan, and we're at a loss. But later that afternoon, the Williamson County, Tennessee Sheriff's Office would send out a tweet. There is no sign. The two are still in our area. Since 1999, Rakuten has paid its members over $2 billion in cash back. Formerly known as Ebates, Rakuten is an affiliate reseller of over 2,500 online retailers. Uh, Rakuten passes part of their commission on their sales back to you in the form of a cash back payment. You see, you earn cash back by using the Rakuten online shopping portal. 
And using Raccoon is very uh, simple and easy. There are no fees or forms you need to fill out to get your money. Uh, but to get the cash back, all you have to do is start any online shopping you do at the Raccoon website. You'll click through their site to your preferred online store such as Target, Walmart, Sephora, Macy's, Nike, and many more. And then simply make your purchase as uh, usual. Easy, right? Well, I'm going to make it even better for you being a listener of the Deuce Conrad Show. As a first-time shopper, you will get up to $30 to use on your first purchase. Of course, certain terms and conditions apply. Visit www.deuceconradshow.com and select promotions to get started today. What investigators didn't know is that the two fugitives had already purchased another getaway car. U.S. Marshals were driving through rural Tennessee sometime after May 5th when they spotted in a front yard littered with pickup trucks for sale. So they pulled into the home in Williamson County, just south of Nashville, and showed the owner a picture of fugitive Casey White. Did the owner by any chance recognize this man? Yes, the owner said. I sold him a Ford F-150 for $6,000 in cash. Once they located the edge, Marshall searched the surrounding area. That's when they happened upon the person who had recently sold that F-150 to a six-foot-nine, 300-pound man and he had been dropped off by a woman driving an orange Ford. But the F-150 didn't have tags, so Marshalls ran its VIN number through the National Motor Vehicle Title Information System. They wanted to see if anyone had checked the number for any reason over the last few days. That's when they got a hit from Weinbach Car Wash in Evansville, Indiana. But there's no direct path between the two areas. To get there from Williamson County, the Whites may have continued up I-65 until they hit Bowling Green or Louisville and then darted over. Or they could have took a more scenic route. Either way, their vehicle ended up abandoned in a wash bay on Evansville's southeast side. Evansville police had run the truck through the national database multiple times over the course of a few days in the car's after the car wash manager, James Stinson, found it on May 3rd. But the Evansville police didn't know that the car was connected to the Whites until May 9th, when the marshals released a bulletin with surprising information. The manager of that car wash has videotape, like a lot of places do today, said Marty Keeley, the United States Marshal for Northern Alabama. We were able to look at that videotape, and we saw Casey in that videotape. Now, James Stinson, who owned the car wash, spotted Vicki White and Casey White. He noticed that the truck had been at his car wash in Evansville, Indiana, for days on end. He said, I noticed the car hanging out at the bay, which was unusual. It just kept sitting there. And every time I left and came back, the truck was still there, Stinson said. Now, according to Stinson and video, the truck, in fact, had Tennessee license plates, which stuck out to Stinson. And he alerted authorities about the unusual sighting. I walked up to the truck and went, oh my God, it's probably this guy from Alabama. I walked and looked in the truck because I think he could be dead, passed out, or who knows what. So I backed up. I opened up the door and the keys were in it. I started up. And then I googled the local police department's number because I didn't want to call 911. Stinson said that they sent out a cop, and the cop says, well, there ain't nothing I can do. It's not reported stolen. 
he ran the plates and then he left and came back and he looked in it again and that's when he found a gun lock in the seat and said oh my god there's a gun lock but there there ain't no guns around so he left he just said do what you got to do and I towed it Stinson said and he decided to tow that car on Wednesday but on Sunday May 8th Stinson was contacted by the US Marshal Service about the truck he then checked his surveillance footage to find a man appearing to be Casey White behind the truck in the car wash and he said officers told him that they had authorities on their way but they didn't show up until Monday morning they asked me uh, where did you tow it and I told him so they said well they're going to be a flood of marshals at your house in 30 minutes well he never showed up to the next morning the next day authorities in Evansville tracked the duo to a hotel thanks in part to James Stinson because James Stinson also identified Vicki White through video surveillance driving a gray Cadillac a gray Cadillac that she drove to the car wash to pick up Casey White now in between those 11 days the guard and prisoner traveled more than 200 miles through at least four states with tens of thousands of dollars in cash to pay for clothes wigs hotel rooms and several vehicles in an ultimately futile attempt to throw investigators off the chase yet the vehicles also offered police a road map of sorts that showed their movements within those 11 days but it was an observant Evansville police detective who spotted the Cadillac vehicle at Motel 41 and alerted other investigators. It was then that surveillance began of the motel, and it was then that they observed Vicki and Casey White exiting the motel and getting into that gray Cadillac. You see, this would be the beginning of the end of this story. Did you know that for the simple task of creating a Webull brokerage account, the company is willing to give you one free stock? Now, these stocks are currently being valued between $2.50 all the way up to $250, which is not bad when you consider that it's free money. Now, once you make an initial deposit of $100 or more, Webull will then give you a second stock value between $8 and $1,600. Now, you will have access to these stocks as soon as your deposit settles, which usually takes around five business days. The stock selection pool is comprised of uh, securities that have a market cap of $2.5 billion. They're U.S.-based, and of course, they trade on the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. Their website states that when you open your account, you have a 1 in 100 chance of being awarded securities from either Facebook, Procter & Gamble, Starbucks, or Snap. However, when you deposit that initial $100, you have a 1 in 50 chance to garner a stock from a list of companies to include Google, Facebook, Procter & Gamble, Starbucks, Kraft Heinz, or Snap. Now, in addition to these odds, the terms of service go further on to explain your chances of ending up with securities of a certain value. Both your initial stock and the stock you receive after your deposit have different odds that you should be aware of. Go to www.deuceconradshow.com, select the promotion links, and from there you can sign up directly with Weeble. 
authorities knew that Casey and Vicky changed vehicles, which is how Detective Richardson knew to keep an eye out for a gray Cadillac. And he did just that until it was time for him to go home. Once I got into the area of the hotel, the, the Motel 41, I happened to look over and I saw a gray Cadillac, Richardson explained. So I called the supervisor that I had spoken with earlier who I had gotten the vehicle information from. When police arrived, they confirmed it was Casey and Vicky. For 11 days, Vicky Sue White and Casey Cole White eluded police. And to some, it was a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde story. And that is what police feared most. Heavily armed, they knew in the back of their minds it was not going to end well. And as a couple exited the hotel, which ironically was an earshot of the local jail, they spotted their stalkers. And knowing that they had been caught, they ran. Police began to pursue the vehicle and the fugitives fled north on U.S. Highway 41 in the Cadillac. In the pursuit, Casey White and Vicki White drove on to a grassy field in a parking lot near Anchor Industries. As police pursued Alabama fugitive Casey White and former corrections director Vicki White, a call from inside the getaway vehicle was made. Over the radio, you hear, be advised, they may be calling 911 now. A dispatcher can be heard saying, Vicky can be heard seemingly pleading with Casey in the moments before the police vehicle before a police vehicle crashes into the side of their car. You hear her say, "Stop, stop, please stop. The airbags are going to go off and kill us." As the dispatcher says, "Hello?" And at that moment there's a loud crash and you can hear the US Marshals ramming their vehicle into the car, flipping it onto its side into a ditch. From there, you can hear Vicky screaming, oh God. And then an officer comes across the radio. He's crashed out and he's still inside the vehicle. Then the dispatcher responds, be advised, the female did call in. We could hear her saying she had a finger on the trigger. And you can hear Vicky attempting to make yet another escape. As she says, airbags are going off. Let's get out and run. He was by the fucking motel. Let's go, Casey. And then there's a loud sound and sirens. And an officer responds of the radio, be advised the female is the one who shot herself. Law enforcement officers reach the duo in the car. Dash cam video captured at the moment shows at least six officers handcuffed the six, nine, 300 pound suspect and despite police later confirming the two were not married, you could hear Casey say, that's my wife, please get to my wife. Casey Cole White claimed that he had been shot in the head as he was pulled from the car wreck, whereas jailhouse lover Vicki White lay dying from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Others tried to render aid to Vicki, but her hand is still on the trigger. Yeah, she's breathing, you can hear an officer say. She's got her finger on the trigger, finger on the trigger. It's in her right hand. I can't tell if she's conscious. She doesn't look conscious. She can pull that trigger again. 
Then you can hear another officer say, I'm going to go for the gun. Watch it. The gun's out of her hand. It's out of her hand. Grab the gun. All right, pull me out. I got it. Vicki Sue White would be rushed to a local hospital where she would die later that day. And Casey White would be behind bars again. But this day, he lives. The end of the manhunt left authorities trying to piece together what happened during the 11 days that elapsed after Vicki White escorted Casey White from a Florence, Alabama jail for what she falsely claimed was a mental health evaluation. Investigators believe the pair spent about six days holed up at a motel in Evansville, Indiana. In fact, authorities discovered wigs intended to hide their identities. Sheriff Dave Wedding of the Vanderburg County Sheriff's Office said investigators do not believe that the two had relatives or other contacts in the city of 120,000. They thought that they had driven long enough. They wanted to stop for a while, get their bearings straight, and then figure out the next place to travel, according to the sheriff. The murder suspect and jailer who helped him escape from Alabama were carrying 29000 in cash, four handguns, and an AR-15 rifle, and they were prepared for a shootout when they got captured. The 38-year-old career criminal began declaring his innocence of the shooting, excuse me, of the shocking 2015 stabbing death of Connie Ridgeway. All this while his jailhouse lover, Vicki White, was dying from a gunshot wound to the head. The convict had been taken to the hospital for treatment for a head injury where he brought up the heinous crime that he's charged with two counts of capital murder for, according to a report from Sergeant Eric Nielsen, who was on the scene of White's capture. At the hospital, Mr. White also kept stating that he did not kill Connie Ridgeway. Casey White told investigators after his capture he was probably going to have a shootout at the stake of both of them losing their lives, the sheriff said. But in the end, the sheriff says Casey White showed no remorse for the death of Vicki White. The inmate appeared by video on Tuesday in an Indiana courtroom where he waived extradition and authorities said he would be sent back to Alabama. Sheriff Singleton said they know Casey White will eventually be brought back to Lauderdale County to face the charges against him. The sheriff said he'll be in a cell by himself, and he'll stay in handcuffs and shackles while he's in that cell, and if he wants to sue me for violating his civil rights, so be it. He's not getting out of this jail again, I'll assure you that. Casey White was escorted later that day from Indiana back to Alabama, where he attended a late-night court arraignment in Lauderdale County county from which authorities say he escaped. At the arraignment, Judge Ben Graves told White that he will be charged with escape in the first degree, in addition to capital murder charges he was already facing related to the 2015 stabbing death of Alabama resident Connie Ridgeway. During the hearing, Casey White in handcuffs and with shackles around his ankles listened intently with his eyes locked upon Graves as the judge explained the charges. Casey White appeared tired and sniffled more than once throughout the 10-minute hearing. On the back of White's head were four small gashes with a shaved circumference of hair the size of a quarter. Dry blood was visible 
on the back of his bright yellow jumpsuit. Immediately after the hearing, White exited the courthouse and glanced at the news cameras and the crowds of bystanders who had gathered, but didn't say anything. He was transferred to a state prison, William E. Donaldson Correctional Facility in Bessemer, Alabama, just a little more than 100 miles south of Lauderdale County, the same prison that he had been housed at once before. Sheriff Rick Singleton said he is relieved to see Casey White sent back to prison and be in the custody of Alabama Department of Corrections. Sheriff Singleton said county jails are not designed to house these kind of inmates on a long-term basis. The shorter period of time that we can have someone like Casey White in there, the better off we are. The sheriff also said that Casey White was mum during the brief court appearance on his new escape charge. He did say a word, and I really didn't say anything to him, Singleton said. When asked, he said he seemed blank, no emotion, no remorse, nothing. A framed drawing of a little boy in overalls gazing at a sheriff's patrol vehicle has a special place in Rick Singleton's office. I level across from the desk of the Lauderdale County Sheriff. That picture reminds me of me, Sheriff Singleton said. I was always fascinated with police cars. Back when I was a kid and we got model cars, I'd turn every one of them into a police car. Of course, it's not just the blue lights and sirens that drew the 70-year-old into law enforcement so many decades ago. While it might have begun with him rushing home from school each day to actor Broderick Crawford in Highway Patrol, Singleton and those close to him know that it was God's purpose for his life to serve and protect others. He is a strong, strong Christian man, said Peggy, his wife of 46 years. I've heard him say many, many times that it's not like work to him. He enjoys what he does. I don't feel like he would have handled this past week or so as well as he has if it was not for his face, she said. Sheriff Singleton, who will retire in January after 50 years in law enforcement, was thrust into the national spotlight on April 29th when his assistant director of operations for the Lauderdale County Detention Center, Vicki Sue White, walked out of the North Alabama lockup with capital murder suspect Casey White. As the escape launched a massive manhunt, Singleton vowed to chronicle the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all on the table, Sheriff Singleton said. Lauded for his transparency and criticized that such an escape could happen under his watch, Singleton said that he's been the subject of memes and bristled with a national news anchor referring to his deputies as Keystone Cops. But the sheriff takes it in stride, knowing that Alabama folks are often easy targets. We wear that badge, whether we like it or not, we're called a bunch of rednecks and hillbillies that don't know what the heck we're doing, and that's all because we talk funny, I guess, said the sheriff. He went on to say that I understand I've been the subject of all kinds of memes on social media, my voice, my looks, and everything else. I learned a long time ago not to let it bother me. 
I've even been called Buford T. Justice. The day after Vicki White and Casey White disappeared, Singleton went with investigators to check out a tip in the state of Tennessee. And on the way, he told his chief deputy that if they didn't find them quickly, the national media would grab hold of the story. He wasn't wrong. Anytime you have an escape, even if it's some petty burglar, it's a black eye, he said. But when you've got someone waiting for trial on capital murder and they get out of jail, it don't get no worse than that. He said that he did not know Casey White and wasn't sure if he'd ever met him. I know he was I know he's a dangerous man, he said. I, I was really concerned that if he came across law enforcement, it would be really bad. He said Vicki White was a private person and he did not know that she was in a relationship with Casey White whatever that looked like to the jailer and inmate. This job was her life. Maybe she was just lonely. I don't know, said the sheriff. Sheriff Singleton was concerned initially that Vicki White had somehow been coerced. And we knew if that had happened, she would be in a lot of danger. The first day we began to get pieces of the puzzle that indicated she was willing, that she willingly did this. And he didn't drag her out. The sheriff said the realization that she was not being coerced slowly came into focus as investigators watched the video of her leading him from the jail. This was her, Sheriff Singleton said. Not the her we knew, but her. In the aftermath of her death, Sheriff Singleton said that he and his staff have experienced a full range of emotions. I don't know why she took that action. I, I, I didn't know if we would get them dead or alive, he said. He thought Casey White might go out in a blaze of glory. He was a bad guy, and I knew we needed to get him off the street. But the sheriff also said he's not totally surprised that Vicki White took her own life. Knowing Vicki White, and I'm just being totally honest, I don't think the charges against her were as much of a concern to her as having to come back here and face her family and her friends after pulling a stunt like this of the sheriff. and probably having to spend several years, if not the rest of her life, in prison because she worked in a jail setting for 17 years and she knows what it's like on the inside. So given those factors, I'm not totally surprised. Sheriff Singleton said it's been a tough situation. He says, I'm angry at her right now. During all of this, I didn't like her, but I still loved her. Hey, Deuce Conrad here. I just want to tell you about Ibotta. Ibotta is one of the greatest things I have ever 
laid my eyes on. It's a it's a great tool for actually earning money. And trust me, I've tried all these surveys and everything that the internet seems to say that you're going to make money, but nothing has made me money like Ibotta. In my first week of trying Ibotta, I earned approximately 40 bucks just shopping. It's like coupon savings for people that don't like to clip coupons. Anyways, there is a link in the description of this podcast uh, for you to become a partner with me in Ibotta. And when you submit your first receipt, you'll earn 10 bucks. That simple, that easy, just by going and shopping at places that you're already shopping, such as Walmart, Kroger, Publix. And it's easy to cash out as well. You can get uh, gift cards to Amazon or have a direct payment made to you. Anyways, check the link down below. Use uh, the referral code K-A-X-R-F-W-J and earn $10 on your first receipt submitted. Connie Moore said that she's talked to her 38-year-old son twice since he was recaptured and sent back to the William E. Donaldson Correctional Facility. He was crying and hurt and can't figure out why he can't have a relationship with anybody. He loved her and said they had a good relationship. She said that she did not hear from the couple while they were on the run. Moore said that she believes Vicki White was the mastermind behind the escape. Casey wasn't a planner, she said. Moore found out about the capture and suicide the same way she found out about the escape. From the television news. They showed everything. If there had been a shootout, they would have showed both of them getting killed, she said. It's ridiculous what all they showed. She said she believes he confessed to that to get out of Donaldson Prison where she said he's been stabbed three different times during his incarceration. I hope they don't find him guilty, she said. There's always two sides to every story and it goes back to mental illness. Moore said she hasn't spoken with her son about any details of their time on the run or Vicki White's suicide. The search for escaped inmate Casey White and his apparent accomplice, Corrections Director Vicki White, has come to an end. But Vicki White died by suicide in her last moments before officers got to her. And now her sheriff has resigned to the possibility he may never really know why his best employee was in on it. It's obvious now the questions we had will never get answers, Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton said. It ended the way Singleton expected it to, though not how he would have ever pictured before April 29th. He said she was a friend to all of the dozens of correctional officers with whom she worked. We're still awestruck as to why she would have pulled a stunt like this, Singleton said. It's just come as a total shock to her law enforcement family and the sheriff's office. And I don't know how to explain it. One thing is for certain. Casey Cole White lived to tell his story, to manipulate again, to continue his quest for freedom. He is a violent man that will hopefully 
never see the light of day again. As for Vicki Sue White, she was laid to rest this past Saturday. She is survived by her mother, brothers, nephew, uncles, and aunts. She was buried at the Center Hill Cemetery in rural Lauderdale County, Alabama. Thank you for listening to the Deuce Conrad Show on Spotify Podcast. In case you didn't know, you can also hear this podcast on Google Podcast and Apple Podcast and most podcast platforms across the web. For more information about tonight's show, you can also visit www.deuceconradshow.com. Visit show notes for more details.